Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome to Revive the Drive, your one-stop shop for car talk and theology. I'm Daniel Bennett, and with me today are Art Georges and Rich Burkle. And today we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and we're going to be, be talking about who is the Holy Spirit. And uh, Rich and Art, I was, uh, as I was thinking about talking about the, the Holy Spirit, I, I was thinking about Deuteronomy chapter 4. And in Deuteronomy chapter 4, we see something about idolatry, and I'm, I'm curious as to how you guys think this passage relates to our discussion of the Holy Spirit in, in this session and in, and in future sessions as we talk about his work in uh, his church. Uh, Moses is talking to the people, they're encamped on the plains of Moab, they're re- ready to go into the, the promised land, and he tells them to know God's statutes and his rules, and, and then after they know those things about God, to go in and, and live, and he says then in verse 15, Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully, since you saw no form on the day that the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Beware, lest you act corruptly by making a carved image for yourselves in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female. And then verse 19, Beware, lest you raise your eyes to heaven, and when you see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the host of heaven, you be drawn away and bow down to them and serve them, things that the Lord your God has allotted to the peoples under the whole heaven. And so you see there a caution against idolatry. Now, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, perhaps of of all the members of the Trinity, perhaps we're most susceptible to practicing idolatry when when we begin to talk about the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so uh, as we begin to talk about the Holy Spirit in in this session, uh, what are some idolatrous notions of the Holy Spirit that the people have sometimes. One of the wrong views of the Holy Spirit would be that the Holy Spirit is not a person, but rather a force, a power from God. Um, and maybe in the Old Testament, when it says that the Holy Spirit came upon an Old Testament believer for a special work, uh, one would synthesize that understanding to think that that was just God's power coming upon them, but not in his person. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, Jesus says God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And and uh, essential to the idea of spirit is personhood. Um, uh, and uh, so what Art was saying is, is that there are many who view the Holy Spirit as less than a person. And at that point, we have really departed from understanding the Holy Spirit to be one of the persons of the Godhead. And it's even easy for evangelicals to kind of uh, slip back into this thinking, even if they would on a theology test, would say, is the Holy Spirit a person? Yes. They would say yes. And yet when they begin to talk about the Holy Spirit, you might notice that they often use the pronoun it, it right, uh, in reference to the Holy Spirit, as though, again, there's this energy. And of course, we know Jehovah Witnesses that would actually teach that the Holy Spirit is an energy, a divine energy, and not a person. And and even some aspects of the word faith movement uh, would 
treat the Holy Spirit very much as an energy, you know, that, yeah. that uh, is is being uh, kind of a conduit that that flows to us through through faith. And and not to get too far ahead, because we'll be talking about more uh, of the Holy Spirit's work in the future. But as you think about having an idolatrous conception of who the Holy Spirit is. Um, why is it a big deal to not understand that he's a person? Why is it a big deal to not understand that, that he has all the attributes of, of the Father, for example? Well, or, that, for, or that he's just a force? You know, how, how does that practically affect how we live the Christian life? Well, for one, for one it, it causes us to forget that when we talk about having the indwelling of the Holy Spirit— we have not just the indwelling of God's power, but we have God himself dwelling in us, in his person, in his characteristics, and uh, in his personality. That's great. Let's, let's talk about uh, two questions then as, as we think about the, the Holy Spirit. And, and one question is, uh, is the Holy Spirit a person? And, and if so, which we've, we've suggested already that, he, that he's a person— his, his personhood. Um, what? How do we know that he's a person? What are some of the, the the attributes that he has that let us know that he has personhood? Yeah, and to to get back to you know your other question as well. What what real problems occur when we fail to see and understand and um, relate to the Holy Spirit as a person? Well, first the the passage you, you just uh, referenced indicates that God's very jealous for his own person he he spends uh a, a good deal of um creative energy to communicate himself to us in a very clear fashion and so for us to reject that is is really to reject god we we don't we uh if we reject god's revelation of himself then we're committing idolatry and um we are uh unable to then worship god aright that's right so as we as we think about rightly understanding the Holy Spirit and rightly under, worshiping God as He's called us to to worship Him, uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit uh, first of all as as one that Scripture reveals has a personality. He has He has personhood. So, uh, what what are some some scriptures that help us understand that the Holy Spirit is a, is a person? Well, Ephesians chapter four, I believe it's verse thirty, cautions believers not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And so we know that uh, grief is an emotion uh, of a person, and so uh, we see that the Holy Spirit can be grieved by the actions of a believer right? Uh, in, in not obeying the Word. Yeah, and also in Acts 5, uh, the Holy Spirit is lied to, so it, it, you, don't, you don't lie to any uh, other entity other than a person. Um, and, uh, and he is, uh, equated, equated again with God himself. And so it, it really is the, the understanding of the Holy Spirit is the same as the understanding we have of God. And, and once we begin to think of God as something other than person, we really confuse the whole of biblical revelation so that we, uh, don't see eternal life as really, uh, knowing him in his, uh, personhood. And we, we start to even, uh, bleed into the thought that we uh, m- can manipulate him as an entity outside of a personality. Yeah, that's that was when we were talking about idolatrous conceptions of God and, and, and the Holy Holy Spirit as as God. 
I think that's a, a great point that we we believe that we can uh, somehow act in certain a certain way, and the Holy Spirit has to manifest Himself in our lives a way that that we want Him to, like He's some sort of uh, mystical force as opposed to a person, and not just a person, but God, as we'll talk about here in, in just a moment. First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter two tells us some things about the Holy Spirit that that speak to His personality, that the fact that He has personhood. He's, he's talking about uh, the Holy Spirit and the wisdom that we have through the Holy Spirit. And 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10 says, These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. So, so he has an intellect, he has curiosity, he has a will. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we've received... Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. We impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. And so in those verses, you see a lot of, of personhood. There's intellect, there's searching, there's will, there's there's personhood. Uh, there's a, a desire to, there, there's, as Art mentioned, emotion, there's uh, all these things that indicate that he he is uh, a person. He's not just some vague mystical force that exists in the universe, and, and very personally active as well. So, yeah. um, and and uh, th- that is deeply concerned about the decisions we as believers mm-hmm. make. As a person would be concerned, uh, whether positively or negatively. It's it's interesting in Acts fifteen, for instance, too, when the church was having this great. Uh, uh, conference discerning the the question of how the the Jews and the Gentiles relate to the law and together. Um, it uh, it uh, scripture says it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything belong the follow other than the following requirements. So it actually seemed good to the Holy Spirit that uh, the results that uh, took place underneath the leadership mm-hmm. and guidance of the Holy Spirit um, were in effect. What the church decided, and and that you just can't say that about a force, can you? That it seemed good to a force that this would happen, right? Right, and along with that, the the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, uh, far from simply a, a force's power, cannot be diminished, um, and and He communicates to us God's love for us, whereas a force uh, would not be able to do that; would possibly be diminished by our circumstances, but. God in us is so concerned about our perseverance that he continues to communicate to us that we are children of God, giving us assurance and giving us that persevering grace as well. Mm-hmm. So now let's get to kind of the, the second issue. So the, the Holy Spirit is a person. He, he's a member of the Trinity, but but some would, would argue, okay, just because he's a person doesn't mean that he's he's God, and, and some have... There have been all, all there have been various heresies throughout church history, very various heretical ways of viewing the Holy Spirit. Some seeing him not as fully God. Some have seen him just a, a different as a different manifestation of God instead of a, an independent personhood. So, what um, what are some biblical truths that we see that that help us understand that the Holy Spirit is God, is is fully God, and possesses all the attributes of of God. Yeah, and, and uh, the the name we've been using to and that the scripture uses to identify this third person of the triune God is the Holy Spirit, and that name in itself p- 
points to the two questions that we've been discussing. Spirit points to personality as opposed to inanimate, um, uh, uh, an inanimate object. Uh, but the word holy, so <laughs> there's none a holy but God. So, mm-hmm. so uh, it, it's it's very um, presumptuous for a person to take on the name holy as their title yeah. <laughs> unless they were God. He'll advise. Right, yeah, he'll advise, especially when, when the holiness comes from his very nature. Like, like there is a sense in which we are made holy through Christ, but we start out as being sinful. But when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it, it's uh, we're, we're thinking of that attribute as being absolutely essential to his, his person from, from uh, beginning all the way to the end. And not not just Holy Spirit, but there's even stronger titles: Spirit of God, in mm-hmm. Romans eight nine, or we are in First Corinthians two, where he's he's the Spirit of and, God. Uh, Hebrews nine talks about him being the eternal Spirit. Eternal. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so that and that goes to some of the attributes of of God that the Holy Spirit possesses. Acts chapter five, uh, in that instance where Ananias and Sapphira had held back a portion of the proceeds from the sale of that land, and and in doing so, they had lied to uh, the apostles and. Peter says to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land? And then he goes on to say, you have not lied to men, but to God. So in lying to the Holy Spirit, it's clear that Ananias and subsequently Sapphira had lied to God. And so we have a direct connection of the Holy Spirit in deity. Yep. And I I think just the way Jesus, of course, speaks about the Holy Spirit, when he was comforting his disciples after told them that he was going to leave them, he, he tells them that he is going to send another comforter that, that's like him. And uh, um, it's, it's, uh, the word another is, is, means literally another of the same kind. And so he's not leaving behind uh, a force that, uh, or, or something less than who he is, right. uh, fully God. And and I think even just the way that the scriptures link the names of the three persons of the Godhead together, for instance, in Matthew 28, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, if he's not holy God, that it just doesn't simply fit to put him in right. with the string Why? of names that a person is to be baptized into. Yes, let's talk. I think that's one of the, the passages that... The, you know, I think about Ephesians one, where he's talking about the the blessings that come from the Trinity. Uh, Matthew that, that Rich just mentioned. There, there are several several texts that that discuss uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit on in equal terms, and and focuses on the distinct roles that each have. Um, what is what is it in, that, in that passage about making disciples? Why why is it so important to understand this this truth that were baptized into the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What does that tell us about the Holy Spirit and his work and in well, our, our identity as Christians? It tells us, and maybe this is not what you're after, but it tells us that um, the work of the Holy Spirit is indispensable to our commission to make disciples. Uh, no one will be one to the Lord unless the Holy Spirit works, and no one will be sanctified in the Lord, out par- apart from the uh, sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, yeah, that that, and also that that uh, if we are not baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're really not baptized into God. 
himself. Right. right. Um, that that to be baptized in, into the Father uh, and the Son apart from the Holy Spirit is not to be fully baptized it's into God. Right. It's insufficient. It's as, idolatry. As, a, as as our as our union and, and in reference to us being able to say we possess eternal life. Eternal life is this that we might know God, you know, right. and, and uh, so so absolutely. Yeah. In fact, uh, remember what happened at Ephesus when Paul came there. There were men who uh, had been baptized with John the Baptist baptism, but they had not yet received the Spirit, and so they needed to receive the Spirit in order to uh, be in Christ. It's mm. good. So we've seen that the Holy Spirit is is a person. And he is, uh, he is God, and we, we've seen that he possesses the, the characteristics of God. He's, he's identified with God in his title, in his role. Uh, he's called the, the, the Spirit of God. Uh, he has eternality. Psalm 139 uh, talks about his, his omnipresence and, and knowledge. He says, uh, the psalmist says in 139, verse 7, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I send to heaven, you're there. If I make... My bed and shield, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. Uh, we see there the the omnipresent nature of of the Holy Spirit as well. He possesses the characteristics of God and and is uh, fully God. And we'll, we'll be talking about some of the other things that he that he does that let us let us know that he's God in terms of Scripture, uh, his work and conviction. Um. I think it might be uh, good to remind our listeners of the uh, definition of the Trinity. We've been talking about the Trinity a little bit, but Wayne Grudem uh, uses this, this definition that I think is very good. Uh, the doctrine of the Trinity can be defined as as this. God eternally exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and each person is fully God, and there is one God. Okay, So one God, three persons, each person fully God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I think a lot of these uh, false ideas about the Holy Spirit come about because there, uh, this idea that God presents regarding Himself is really impossible for us to completely comprehend, isn't it? I mean, right. I mean, to think of one being and yet three persons, um, and and it, it caused our minds to immediately try to make sense of that by thinking less of. Uh, the Holy Spirit or of Jesus in order to uh, try to make sense in our mind of what this revelation that God has given us about himself is. And and so I, I, th- there is a, an aspect of God's revelation of himself that we have to say we're not going to be able to comprehend it. Uh, it's not contradictory right. to say that God is one one being and yet existing in three separate persons. Um, but it is also, in the same sense, not comprehensible. In other words, we, we can't fully get our, our hearts and our minds around this. And so as we talked about at the beginning, about idolatrous notions of, of who the Holy Spirit is, I think it's important to kind of add a caveat based on what you've just said, Rich. We're not saying that the people that have uh, some different level of understanding or even some, some different interpretations of some passages regarding the Holy Spirit are committing idolatry. Uh, we would we would say that we believe that our goal is to to gain a, a deeper and deeper understanding of, of who the Holy Spirit is, Absolutely. And, and that's what we're hoping to do. 
over the next few sessions of Revive the Drive. So let's 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 pray here as we as we begin our uh, or conclude this session and begin the other sessions on who the Holy Spirit is and uh, Father God we are grateful to you for revealing yourself to us and we thank you for the uh, who you are in your fullness as as Father Son Holy Spirit and we pray that you would illumine our our hearts and our, our, help our minds to understand who you are through the work of your Spirit as we study these things together and we pray this in your Son Jesus' name Amen Amen Amen. Oh,